listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Welcome to another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16, Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Big show coming up today. We'll, uh, of course, have a chat with uh, Devin Pratt after this team's, uh, well, two losses this past weekend. A couple of games that I thought were certainly winnable, and, you know, you have that measuring stick game against uh, a really, really good team in Red Deer, and I thought the boys played okay in that one, but the learning process continues. Yeah, I think uh, the, the Saturday game against Red Deer was probably the best effort from start to finish that we've seen all year and then unfortunately uh you know a late goal against much like the 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 night before against Regina and you know with Regina it was kind of a a similar story to what we had seen in other games this year where a bit of a slow start kind of comes back to bite you and the team still managed to fight their way back from from down by two uh to get it on even terms thanks to a power play and shorthanded goals from Matthew Ward but then just kind of one you know one defensive miscue ends up with uh, a breakaway for the best player in in the country you know in between the circles and that guy's not going to miss from there too often so um, it's the unfortunate reality that one one mistake late in the game can cost you and that was kind of the story on Friday but you know Saturday jumping ahead uh, up to multi-goal lead against an undefeated team was was pretty impressive and and uh, you know getting that lead back and um, you know just unfortunate with the way that the the game winner ends up with a bit of a scramble in front and the puck popping loose so a couple of frustrating losses no question but I think the team is, is staying pretty positive and knowing that they played well and probably deserved a better fate based off the way that they did play and now with a full week off to kind of recoup and re- regenerate. Uh, you hope that they're able to come out with a similar effort uh, this Saturday against Lethbridge. Some big news since our last podcast recording is uh, the Swift Current Broncos naming Owen Pickering team captain. Our first captain in a while. We'll, we'll chat more about that in just a little bit, but uh, Owen's going to be our feature guest on the podcast this week. I think this will be his third appearance, and uh, as a podcast guest, he does always deliver. Oh, big time. He um, just very personable, and that's always the way he has been, right? I mean, even going back to before he signed with the team, he was, um, you know, he was so easy to talk to as as an unsigned prospect when I talked to him after that 1920 season. And it wasn't long after that that he signed with the team. And and then obviously in the hub, he was the same way. He was very outgoing um, and then a full-time player last year and kind of riding the wave of of the NHL draft process. He never really changed um, from the way he was uh, when he was younger. So um, he's still kind of that way now. You, You see him, you sit down with him, you can have a conversation with him about anything and uh, still loves to joke around as you'll hear uh, later on with that chat so um, always a great guest to have on and glad we were able to uh, lock him in there for about 15 minutes always such an amazing story a ninth round western hockey league prospects draft pick becoming an nhl first rounder i mean going from five seven to six four in what three years <laughs> is also pretty impressive too and, and that plays a huge part in it right but i mean a lot of it's just the work that he puts in um you know he he realized how good he can be and then wanted to to be that kind of player and just kind of progressed on that path uh, all the way through to the draft process and now it's about taking that next step and it seems like he's certainly doing that with the first couple of games here i like how they went about naming him the team captain too yeah nice uh, nice gesture there from from uh, glenn godden to, to help out and obviously that was set up by chad leslie wanted me to connect with with glenn and uh kind enough to do so from the lobby of his hotel room in grand rapids michigan and uh set up a quick zoom call to do that so uh it was nice to get a chance to talk to glenn too you know once he he finished off that uh you know that speech we were able to 
just kind of just chat for a few minutes and um, you know talked about being here in Swift Current and you know he he reiterated the fact that being captain of this team was the the biggest honor of his life so far so um, you know he still loves this organization and uh, it was certainly great to have him pop up on the jumbotron there for a quick cameo and uh, make that announcement yeah that was great good to see uh, Glenn Godden again glad that uh, that he's doing well and and being a part of that announcement for uh, for Owen Pickering Lethbridge in town this weekend uh, it's a Saturday night game on the sked what do we know about these Lethbridge Hurricanes 2022-23 edition yeah they uh, you know they're they're off to a pretty solid start here they've got some super high-end young talented players in uh, Tristan Doyle and uh, Miguel Marcus who were first round picks in the December draft and I'm pretty sure both of them are off to U17s much like uh, the Broncos two first round picks in Caswell and Fluker so um, you know their their goaltending in the last couple of years was mostly managed by Brian Thompson but he is uh, on the shelf with an injury so they've got uh, Jared Picklick who was there last year and Harrison Menigan an 18 year old rookie this year so a bit of a different looking net for those two but there's a lot of the you know familiar faces that they've had over the last couple of years with guys like Jet Jones and uh, Logan Warmald, Alex Thacker, you know, Joe Arntzen on defense, of course. So, um, you know, plenty of familiar faces. They're sitting at four and five as of this moment, but they do have two games before they come here. They're playing at home on Friday or on uh, Wednesday and Friday. So they've got a couple of games before they're here. And it's kind of interesting because the Broncos are going to play them here on Saturday and then also play them again on Wednesday on home ice as well. Yeah, and, and you touched on World Under-17s and there's certainly some news relevant to our organization with that as we're sending three people to be a part of that Hockey Canada event. Yeah, Fluker and Caswell, as mentioned, they're both playing for Team Canada Black, so they're going to be teammates there, which is pretty cool. And then um, Devin Prod is an assistant coach on Team Canada White, so uh, the event obviously has three three Canadian teams with red, uh, white, and black, um, so nice to have three people from the organization go to that. Great experience for the players. You often hear about guys who go to an event like that and come back with uh, you know a, a big, renewed sense of confidence after playing on the internet national stage and a, and a best on best tournament like that so i'm um, certainly hoping for the best for for all three of them uh, great for devin to get the experience from the summer camp and then moving into the the event first time the event is going to happen since it was here in uh, in 2019 split between swift current and uh, and medicine hat so excited for those guys um, you know there's only 66 players across canada who get a chance to go to that event so very exciting that two of them are right here in swift current yeah very exciting as well that that event takes some time though so devin's probably going to have to miss some games here which uh, we'll we'll talk to him about as as part of our coaches show only one assistant on this team so so what do we do in a situation like that i believe troy leslie is going to come in uh, he's a video and player development coach this year for the broncos so he does a lot of his work from uh from verdon i believe is where he lives so he watches the games online uh cuts clips sends them to the coaching staff so they have them immediately to use in intermissions to show players whether it's defensive plays offensive plays what what have you so i believe that troy is going to come and join the team for i think it's five games that Devin's going to miss uh, when he's at U17. So uh, from my understanding, it should be uh, Matt Keeler and Troy Leslie on the bench for those games. Ah, there you go. All right. Uh, it's the Broncos This Week podcast. Feature guest Owen Pickering. We'll get to that in the not-too-distant future. But uh, coming up right after this, our Coach's Show segment with head coach Devin Pratt. This is Broncos This Week. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, Coach's Show segment. Uh, head coach Devin Pratt joining us for our uh, weekly chat. Devin, you know, the guys seem close, but, uh, you know, again, uh, a couple ones got away this past weekend. Yeah, I think, you know, when we 
preach process uh, like we do and down here uh, this was a, a major step forward for our group where uh, we established a game plan you could see the structure throughout the commitment to uh, the details of the game and we gave ourselves uh, an opportunity at success unfortunately we let things slide both uh, late in game but uh, areas for us to learn areas for us to grow and adjust moving forward but I think uh, as a whole we feel more comfortable and confident with establishing our identity and who we are down there. I think the the Saturday game against Red Deer was maybe the best effort from start to finish we've seen so far this season from your group. And how do you not let that frustration kind of sink in and take over when you get they get the same result as the night before? Yeah, I think it's it's difficult. I mean, the guys are hurting in the room too. Um, you know, they are putting in the effort. We all want the same thing. We all want to win games. We all want to see it through and do a job. And um, you know, as much as it hurts to lose, it hurts to win too. Uh, and that that's blocking that extra shot or, or winning that extra puck battle and whatever it may take so as I say um, it's early in the year we're not where we want to be but I think we took a major step in the direction that we want to go so uh, that's the exciting part for our group. You know the thing with that Red Deer organization is they never seem to have an off year and they're always a good measuring stick you know this year coming into that game undefeated against you guys that that's certainly a measuring stick type game and I thought you guys played well, you know, how do you, how do you assess your performance yeah. against, you know, an unbeaten team? No, that's exactly it. I mean, to lose a, a heartbreaker the night before, um, coming down to the, you know, under 10 seconds left and uh, to be able to emotionally endure and show up the next day and, and compete uh, with the league's best right now, I think, as I say, was a, a step forward for us. And one thing, the previous weekends were, you know, a, a solid effort Friday night and a, a bit of a lackluster effort on Saturday night. So for us to find that back-to-back uh, -back efforts, again, it's growth for our group. Um, and it's something that we want to take forward and continue to push. I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of those games where the results weren't there, but the process was established. And uh, as a coaching staff, that's all we can ask for. I think it's an opportunity for a game for us to look back here and say that's, that's when we started to find our game and that's when we started to establish the way we want to play for 60 minutes. Your team is sitting just outside the top five in power play percentage so far. Uh, you went one for one against Regina on Friday, got another power play goal Saturday, just six seconds into the power play against the Red Deer Rebels. I mean, you must be very happy with the way the power play is rolling here early in the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is early and we want to stay hungry. Um, but guys, uh, the maturity of the group, just uh, another year older, snapping pucks around a little bit quicker, using each other, trusting each other, and um, you know, them being excited about it. And we talked early in the year with the power play struggles that uh, you can't let the hangover of uh, unsuccessful power plays affect the next one. And it's the same idea when you're having success. Just because uh, you know a certain uh, play worked or uh, uh, scoring chance materialized into a goal doesn't mean it's always going to be available. you got to continue to manipulate and use the depth and width of the zone, and uh, I think our guys have done an excellent job with that. Over the last uh, you know week and a half or so, you've, you've had more penalty kill situations than you have power plays, and I think the quote that you used before the, the Saturday game was, know where the line is and not cross it. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think for us, you know, um, frustrating game Friday night, taking eight penalties, and you're not going to give yourself an opportunity at success very often in this league so you know it comes down to a one goal game and um you don't have a whole lot of gas left in the tank when you got to kill 15, 16 minutes. So, um, unfortunately, that night, you know, we only had one power play four. So it seems pretty lopsided, but at the same time, 
the eight penalties we got were deserved. So, you know, 200 foot penalties, stick penalties away from our zone, the unnecessary stuff that you're not eliminating a scoring chance, but you're just, you're being over aggressive. You want the puck and you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it where there's a set of rules. So the hooking, the anytime a stick is high and elevated and um, lateral to the ice and you object someone from getting the puck they're going to call it that's a consistent call throughout the league and um the trippings and and little things there so it's 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 tapering the mindset of just you know playing within the rules and that's something that uh, as a staff we've just decided we'll just address in practice anytime something happens we got to stop it and hold ourselves accountable to it because it just seems that it's uh run away a little bit too much on us here early in the year and as i say it affects the whole duration of a game um, if you've got to kill three penalties in short succession, uh, you know, you're, you're going through your bench and you're playing uh, those intense moments and and uh, it just doesn't lead to having a whole lot of gas in the tank for those later moments in a game. Josh Feldman had a bit of a breakout year last year with 45 points, uh, ends up getting drafted by the Devils, and now he's got goals in four straight after returning from his first NHL camp. Um, you know, what have you seen out of uh, number 24 in the first five games of his, uh, of his season? Yeah, again, I think just a, a growth and maturity in his game. Um, you know, Josh, is uh, he's a threat when he's on the ice, and I think he established himself as that as a young guy in the league last year, um, and that's what he's carried over um, with his growth. He's stronger on the puck. His shot uh, has more velocity to it uh, he's just become that much more of a threat and we really like where he's at and, and where his game is you often see teams that come out of the gate strong putting up a lot of wins in October and November and then kind of you know falter down the stretch and have it taper off you know every good team gets hot at some point in the year is the best yet to come with this Swift Current Bronco team you feel oh certainly I mean uh, you know Outside of the two efforts, uh, one in Saskatoon and one in Regina, you know, six of our eight games, we felt that we've played some quality hockey. So um, that's, you know, sticking to the process, continuing to buy into what we're asking and simplifying our game and managing the puck. I mean, uh, a lot of these games we've got down early, and when you get down early, you seem to chase. And when you chase, you leave yourself more vulnerable to give up opportunities against. And uh, it's come back to burn us, and you just don't have that gas again left in the tank when you start to have to chase early so you know trust the process allow the game to come to you know that you're going to get your scoring chances you're going to create and um for our group we think we're just the tip of the iceberg like there's still belief in our room that we're going to be a a team that's going to make some noise this year for for sure so i think last weekend was um again uh, a frustrating point but just uh just one of those messages that it does take what it takes and we've got to be willing to give just that little bit more to get the results that we're, we desire and we're seeking. Hockey Canada announcing the U-17 rosters yesterday for the under-17 uh, Hockey Challenge. Uh, obviously, Clark Caswell, Josh Fluker joining Team Canada Black. You're on Team Canada White as an assistant coach. Just uh, a thought on the event. Uh, first time the event's being held in three years. Yeah, no, I was super excited to get out there. Obviously, uh, you know, our guys uh, have represented themselves well here early in the season and given themselves this opportunity. So I'm, I'm really excited for those guys to go and experience uh, a little bit of a best-on-best best international competition. And uh, for myself, 
you know, my first time being involved with Hockey Canada and uh, the summer camp was just a fantastic experience and I'm really looking forward to getting uh, out into Langley here in a couple weeks time and serving and, and doing whatever I can to help uh, try and maximize our group and uh, give us the potential to win a medal out there and, you know, I'm working with Bruce Richardson out of uh, the Quebec Major Junior League and uh, there's been a ton of excitement and energy behind our group as well so uh, just really excited as I say to get out there and, and do whatever I can do fully uh, um, give myself to the group uh, in any way I can and uh, short tournament events are always fun in that regard uh, you're all in um, all the time and at the same time you know we, we have to do a job here of uh, kind of solidifying who we are and how we play uh, hopefully before I leave and that's growing off of this past weekend um, we still have four games left here on the schedule um, before uh, I do take off and then um, obviously there's five games when I'm gone so those will be important uh, you know without Caswell and Fluker in the lineup as well that uh, our team just continues to establish our game establish our identity and uh, you know I'll definitely be uh, be watching and checking in and um, just seeing how things are going as well so uh, I think you know Steve Kerr has taken some breaks from his team with uh, with the Warriors in the NBA and he always says you know the strength of a, a coach isn't necessarily all the time when he's there but it's what it's like when he's not there so I think you know now that we have our leadership group named and uh, we have an opportunity that when I'm not here uh, some guys can so show some areas of growth and uh, take a little bit of that leadership on themselves and just excited for that for our group. Yeah, the subject of the leadership group I want to touch on real quick here because that was a, a big day in the, the franchise's history from this past week. But uh, on the subject of Caswell and Fluker, you know, what is it about those two guys that uh, get some of the amount of ice time that they have? Because they're young guys that are certainly getting plenty of opportunity out there. Yeah, I think some of it's circumstantial. I think for both of them, um, there's a level of comfort playing the number of games they played for us last year uh, and then putting in the work they put in the summer. And, um, you know, when you start the season with... Uh, a couple defensemen gone to NHL camps and uh, three, three, four forwards out of the lineup as well. Uh, there's opportunity, and both guys have just done a great job of finding consistency in their game. Um, simplifying their game, buying into roles um, to the point where when guys came back, it was it's hard to move them. Uh, they've kind of earned that opportunity right now and uh, we all know that it's a long season and there's peaks and valleys for guys and uh, especially at a younger age and you know we're, we're ready and prepared to help these guys through some tougher times but uh, they've been excellent to start the year here mentioned that leadership group that's why it's wanted to touch on obviously Owen Pickering being named uh, team captain first captain in a couple of seasons for this team so it was a big day as White's mentioned as uh, the first time with a captain for a, a long time yeah, no question. Uh, very exciting, and Owen's done a great job, um, you know, representing the Broncos and, and what we want to establish here as a group. So excited to see him uh, continue to grow in his leadership and, and be more and more confident and then having the opportunity to have that leadership group around him. Uh, lots of experience there as well. Um, and some guys, you know, that aren't wearing letters are involved in that group as well. So just being a voice for the players and being that liaison between the coaching staff and the players as well uh, just to clear up any misconceptions or a mixed messaging or whatever guys feel uh, might be coming it's always uh, important and I think you know we saw the benefits of that this past weekend and I think it's just going to continue to benefit and grow with our group here 
You guys get a week off from game action and your next in action uh, this Saturday night, Lethbridge in town. Uh, what do we know about the squad from Lethbridge? Yeah, I mean, Lethbridge is always going to play a tough game. They're always going to play a, a hard game. And, um, you know, I think for us, it's continuing to focus on ourselves, continue to focus on establishing our game. And um, we haven't, uh, you know, for a team that has been struggling a little bit here to start the year and not where we want to be, um, it hasn't been as easy as uh, getting into the flow of things of playing you know you look around the league some teams are into 10 11 games played um so there there are a few games ahead of us and our schedule get a little heavier here as we move but it has been a little bit of uh weekend college style hockey uh heavy schedule to start and um yeah i think our guys are eager to get into just a little bit more gameplay and be able to you know put a, a bad performance behind them and go back and rectify it the next night or build off positives within a game as well so um, you know, we play Saturday, we're back at it Wednesday, and then we have a couple the following weekend. I think that's something our guys are really looking forward to getting back into that flow um, of more of the the game game heavy schedule that is the the CHL and the WHL here. So uh, for us, we have Lethbridge back to back. Our focus is just on puck drop uh, Saturday night. Well, Dev, thank you very much for uh, coming down here and doing the weekly coaches chat. Lots to cover today, loaded coaches show, and uh, greatly appreciated uh, you answering everything here. Thank you. You guys have yourself a great day. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast, uh, Owen Pickering joining us. Uh, Picks, I hope you're settled in because we got a lot to talk about since the last time we had you as a guest on the pod here. But uh, I guess first and foremost, uh, most recently, some news with you getting a C on your jersey. Uh, first Bronco captain in, in a few years. You know, what was it like when you got that news? Uh, pretty incredible. Um, definitely a huge honor. Um, and something that I don't take for granted. Uh, it's, it's a privilege, and uh, just kind of looking at the history of people that have uh, been lucky enough to wear the C for the Broncos and, and to kind of have my, my name on there um, is something special and uh, something that, like I said, don't take for granted. There's different types of captains. There's guys who are in the room, rah-rah type of leaders. There's guys who just want to lead by example on the ice. You know, where do you say you'd fall as a captain? Uh, I'd say fall somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm not going to be kind of going full out speeches in the room all the time. Um, we have guys in our team that maybe take those roles on more, um, as well as just kind of coming to the rink every day and doing my thing. I think that's a big thing. Um, and kind of the captains that I've, that I've been around in my life and, uh, coming back from Pittsburgh, I was kind of one of the best captains <laughs> of all time. I got to spend yeah. a lot of time with him. So, um, just kind of emulating what they do and, um, I think a lot of it is leading by example and then just kind of piping in with with uh, little things because I, uh, I have a pretty good confidence in my understanding of the game. So um, there's kind of middle ground, I guess. Yeah, so you touched on the Pittsburgh experience. And like I said, we got a lot to talk about here, so we'll just kind of jump over things. I know that your first NHL camp, given your injury situation, probably wasn't the way you would have wanted it. But, uh, but, you know, on the whole, how was the Pittsburgh experience? Yeah, obviously, um, didn't want to be injured for the whole time and not play any preseason games. Um, uh, but it was, it was super cool. Um, kind of looking back on it, it was, my mindset kind of had to focus and uh, and change to kind of just taking advantage of the situation, right? So um, the organization is top-notch, the resources, everything. 
uh, and the people I got to spend time with. So I got to watch every day how the pros carry themselves um, and just be part of that lifestyle. It made me want it that much more and uh, definitely something I'll never forget. You mentioned spending some time with the captain of the Penguins, Sidney Crosby, of course. Um, talk about the first meeting you had with him. I'm sure there was a, a bit of nerves on your side uh, meeting a guy like that, but can you kind of tell us about uh, your experience in, in spending some time with him? Yeah. Uh, the first time, I guess, was I was sitting on the trainer's table talking to Chris Letang, actually, and uh, Crosby walks in, and I'm just like, holy. <laughs> and he comes up to me, he's like, Owen, shakes my hand. Sid, nice to meet you. It's like, oh, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, no need for introduction. Yeah, exactly. So, but super down to earth. Um, exactly what you'd expect. And then just kind of hopped into a conversation. I was, I was pretty nervous for the first one, but um, I got a little bit more comfortable as it went on. Yeah, and uh, I saw something on social media where you were playing football too. What, what, what was that all about? Yeah, that was a development camp. Um, so in the summer, right after the draft, we uh, went to the Steelers practice facility, all the rookies, and uh, we went through some flag football, and they, they put a mic on me for some reason. <laughs> I uh, got lucky and, and caught a game-winning touchdown, actually, and uh, said a few cocky things on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there was a lot better football players there than me. Um, but uh, I was lucky enough to have the mic, I guess, and it was a lot of fun spending time there. And, uh, obviously, the Steelers are a pretty storied organization. Um, it was cool to cool to be around them. You mentioned that was right after the draft, so I guess we can kind of work our way backwards to the draft. Um, you know, I was able to spend some time with you throughout that day leading up to going to the the Bell Center. Just how were the you know how were the nerves? You know, being around, I could tell you were you were kind of feeling it leading up to to walk into the rink. But just kind of take us back and, and give us your perception on on that day. I didn't eat for <laughs> two days before. I was so nervous. Uh, I remember I actually I ordered a sub in. Right, I think right when you were about to come to my room, mm. and I told myself like I have to eat it, like I can't pass out, <laughs> I can't like pass out on TV, like, I can't, that can't happen. So like choking it down, but uh, yeah, obviously the, the nerves are there. Um, I had one meeting with the team prior to the draft, and it was Pittsburgh. Um, had a good conversation with them, and then otherwise just kind of spent some time with my family, walking around downtown Montreal, touring. Obviously, it's a very cool city, so. Um, kind of decompressing, trying to not think about the draft, but uh, it's, it's pretty impossible. So um, it was nice to be around my family. Um, and then when the actual thing happens, you just kind of black out and feel like you're floating. And um, Pretty special moment. Did you, I mean, there's some things that happen behind the scenes of the draft that are best kept behind the scenes, but with Pittsburgh and Chris Letang coming out, uh, I remember watching it, I'm thinking, oh, Pittsburgh, this might be it because they're bringing out Letang. They're likely going to draft a defenseman picks is you know a, a guy who still hasn't gone yet like did you have a feeling that it was going to be your name at that point uh yes and no I mean there's there's things throughout the draft where um you think you might go and there's things you're told that maybe don't pan out um so you try to go in with an open mind and, and not kind of not kind of dead set on something because that's kind of how you can get hurt um so I just kind of went into to every pick and kind of the range where I thought I might start going, uh, just excited. And it's kind of like, oh, oh, type <laughs> thing. But, uh, yeah, when Pittsburgh came up, um, I was hopeful, and I, I had good conversations with them. And 
uh, ended up getting lucky, and they, they took me. So um, pretty cool. Was there a moment when those those nerves as picks going by kind of reached uh, a peak for you when you thought, okay, this is for sure it, and they go, geez, you're sinking back in your seat every pick that goes by. Like, was there a moment where it kind of peaked for you before it finally happened? Uh, I don't know. There was after a certain pick. Uh, I don't know. I thought, like, Pittsburgh was going to be it. Um, but you never really know. Like, the guy who consensus guys thought we're going to go one ended up going four. So um, you, you never do really know. Although one thing I'll say is I was sitting beside my brother, and uh, as picks were going, um, maybe I was, like, falling a little bit per se, and, like, not in a bad way, but just my brother taps me on the shoulder, and he goes, well, this is good. It means less work for me to get picked higher than you. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way you just said that to me. Like, middle of the draft. Like, there's like we're at pick, like, 19. <laughs> like, there's no chance that was just said to me. It's so funny, but. Nice that you had family to kind of keep you grounded there. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to it because I thought it was such a cool move by the Penguins organization, regardless of who they were going to take to bring a guy like Latang out there. Uh, as you were making your way through the handshake line after they picked you, did, did he say anything to you? Was there anything memorable there from, from that moment? Um, to be completely honest with you, I don't really remember. Uh, I can't say that I blame you. <laughs> I, I basically, I blacked out walking down the stairs. Um, I remember Gary Bettman saying welcome to the NHL pretty clearly. Um, and then I, I I don't really remember anything after that. Um, I can like I have pictures of me shaking his hand, but um, <laughs> I don't really remember if anything was said. Uh, after you go off stage, you know the the process is to do your interviews with Sportsnet and TSN, whoever it might be. But once you leave that, you know what's the the sort of media process to work your way through before you come out to do the interviews afterwards? It's a circus. <laughs> um, yeah, it's you're like like I said, you feel like you're floating. Um, so you're just kind of like smile pasted on your face and you're walking around and it's like the Pittsburgh media team was miking me up and, and kind of following me around and showing me where to go. Um, there's a lot of pictures, like a lot of pictures. Um, you got to sign a bunch of things. You got to do the in arena interview. So uh, they do one that's shown on the, on the Jumbotron. Um, like, like at two picks later or something, they show, show that interview. Um, and then you kind of go through that. The, the whole process, probably 45 minutes, take kind of your draft pictures, some height videos, do some stuff for the Pittsburgh media team, uh, and then kind of say hi to your buddies that are also backstage, and then uh, end up going to that kind of podium interview. Yeah, and, you know, the whole experience of being an NHL first-round draft pick, I mean, I, I imagine there's a lot of media requests, and, you know, you're really seeing the showbiz side of hockey. You know, what, what do you remember about that whole experience? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, all kind of the bright lights and stuff. Uh, just trying to soak it in. Uh, something that, that you'll never forget, obviously, just walking around backstage. and um, kind of just happened, right? Like, you, you, you want it to happen all year, and you look forward to it, and you're, ner you're nervous about it. And then when it finally happens, um, like I said, it's just, it's just crazy. You can't even really put it into words um, how it feels. And then... Like, you just feel like you're kind of almost getting bombarded, but in, like, the best way possible. Like, you, you're walking around, you're taking pictures, getting interviewed, signing things, more interviews, and then you go up and meet Pittsburgh's whole staff and, and kind of spend uh, 45 minutes or so with them um, before you kind of go enjoy the night with your family. So, um, 
actually walking out of the Bell Center, I guess I'll say this, is uh, it was like 1 in the morning, I think, when I got out, or 12.30 uh, when I got out of the Bell Center. And uh, there was like a mob of like <laughs> probably a 1,000 people. And they were still there at like 12.31. And like you could not walk through them because they knew where the draft picks were coming out. So like I probably took like 600 pictures of people <laughs> and was signing everything for everybody and the Pittsburgh fans were just all over me there. And uh, it, was, it was crazy, like just kind of getting mobbed like that, something like that had never happened to me before. Um, that, that was pretty cool. It wasn't even that long after the draft that you get your entry-level contract, too. And it's pretty standard practice, I think, for, for CHL first-rounders to sign pretty quickly after the draft. So, you know, when you or the team or, or your agent, whoever it might have been, tells you that there's a contract kind of waiting for you later that day or the next day, whatever it might have been, I imagine that must have been another pretty pretty special moment. That was that was pretty special. Um, happened in development camp, I was told. Um, they're going to sign me, and uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, definitely an honor. And uh, it's also a responsibility, so um, something that you kind of got to work, work for every day and uh, work to prove. Pittsburgh, it's, it's a great pro sports city, and with great pro sports city, you got some, some pretty tough media types there as well. Have you had to deal with, with any of those types? You know, I mean, here on the Broncos this week, you know, we're, we're kind of we're lobbing softballs at you, but I imagine <laughs> you're a little laid back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're getting some four seam heaters though from the Pittsburgh media, I would imagine, eh? Yeah, there's some uh, high fastballs. <laughs> <laughs> blowing 102 by me, but uh, the a big thing was when I was injured. Um, I was wearing a brace, and uh, they there was like I think I, I swear they were like binocularing me <laughs> to like see what was wrong. So <laughs> like searched my name up on Twitter. The the Pens media comes up to me and they're like, "Oh, you gotta hide your brace. Like it's on Twitter." I'm like what? Like I I was hiding it. Like so that's kind of I don't know. And then just people walking by and saying, uh, "Do you have a moment?" And I, I can't talk when I'm injured, right? So. Um, but it, it's good, like it, it, it's cool, and uh, a lot of them are really good, really good about it, and uh, good conversations with them. So um, definitely not complaining about it, but it, it is a little bit of a change. Do you have much of a chance to explore around Pittsburgh at all? I think the MLB season was still going, you know, Pirates games, Steelers, whatever it might have been. You mentioned the Steelers practice facility, but did you have much of a chance to kind of look around your, your future home? Uh, yes and no. We were going to go to a Pirates game, got rained out. Um, I was a dagger. Yeah. Uh, and then the Steelers game, um, we couldn't get tickets because we asked the day of. Mm. So I uh, did a lot of shopping, too much shopping. My mom <laughs> got mad at me. But, uh, yeah, kind of like explored around. Um, it's a very nice area. Um, it's like mountains compared to Winnipeg. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, even I think Swift is mountains compared to Winnipeg. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, obviously kind of didn't get to go see the sports, but uh, hopefully that'll come. So back in Swift Current for uh, you know a, a season in the Western Hockey League, you know you you began the year with an injury, but I mean just seeing you in game shape now, you you don't have the full face shield on. How's everything feeling? I feel good. Uh, I'm confident. I'm excited to get back. Um, confident in the group too. Um, we we do have confidence in ourselves. Um, obviously, been a little bit of a tough stretch, but we feel like we we feel like we've played um, over the past weekend our, our best hockey uh, in a long time, and. Uh, kind of we hung in with some teams and, and should have won both of the games we feel um so we're, we're confident in ourselves and we're looking forward to saturday mentioned this to devin projects before we brought you in here and talk about how you don't let or how do you not let the frustration kind of sink in when you lose two games the way that the team did over the past weekend 
Um, I think it's got to just kind of be a push forward mentality. Um, you can take some things from the game, like maturing, learning how to win. Um, but then you got to just focus on Saturday. You got to kind of see that we established our process, see that our game plan was there, our identity was there. And if we can continue that, we're going to win a lot more games than we lose. So um, it's kind of that balance of like losing's not okay, but uh, that process is something that'll that'll help us win a lot more games than we lose. Yeah, um, you know, we always like uh, when we have players on, the Billet family shout-out. Uh, we'll give you the opportunity to do that here. Uh, who who you been staying with, and uh, what, what's the best pregame meal that they hook you up with? I started this shout-out, by the way. Hey, this is I me think, last, yeah, this we, is me last year. Was it you, the it. first one? Yeah, I'll just take credit for that real Kay. quick. And, uh, Jen and Tyler Spear, um, they're the best. Uh, Bill Brothers, Blake and Carter. Um, yeah, they're, they're incredible. Great people. Um, great food. I don't know, they're kind of the perfect billet. <laughs> well, Jen um, and Tyler, and they were your billet family last year? Yeah. So they produced an NHL first rounder. So now when you leave, like, this is where the elites go. <laughs> oh, my. Set the I tone. Would, I wouldn't say that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and then got to shout out to Bill's grandparents, too, because I spent a lot of time with them. Uh, Brenda and Steve, Sunday dinners, incredible. Every single time, lasagna is just top notch. <laughs> Uh, perfect for my weight gain program. I was gonna say you're throwing it back too. Oh my gosh, I need to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, eat till I can't breathe. Yeah. Thing. But uh, yeah, great, great people. Um, then the pregame switches up. I let her decide um, whether it's red sauce or Alfredo. Um, I, I like her Alfredo a lot, but uh, switching it up is good because over. 68 games and then 34 home games um you want you want to switch it up yeah are you so having said that you're not a big routine guy oh i am i am uh we can go through that's kind of the only thing that she gets to decide <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what's the rest of routine uh, oh geez you guys want me to start from when i wake up <laughs> um, as detailed as you want to get right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wake up um uh, Usually have to come to their rink around 10, uh, wake up at about 8.45, uh, get to the rink, and we do our little morning skate. Um, one last guy's off. Uh, me and Connor Vincent will do, like, a one-time competition from the corner. Like that, you know, the shots, like, from deep in the corner. Yep. First one that gets it wins. I'm 3-0 and so far this year. So. No big deal. Shout out, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and kind of... If we won the game before, I do the same thing uh, in terms of eating. So it's either Subway or I go home and have a meal. Um, so last game, it was home. It's this upcoming game. I'll have Subway. Um, and then I go nap for an hour and 45. Then I take a shower, uh, end it cold for like the last couple minutes, put on my suit, not my suit jacket, go upstairs, eat. That's the only she gets to decide that. <laughs> <laughs> Come back down and Flukes comes over. Uh, I have a pretty sweet surround sound system in my basement. Listen to some music and then uh, Flukes will pick the last song usually. Um, I'll probably pick the last song because we've lost a couple games coming up on Saturday. But uh, drives the game, get there around four fifty and then do my thing. The cold shower bit's kinda of psychopath behavior. Yeah, it makes me feel good. Um, it wakes me up after the nap, but it sucks every single time. It's like, I, it's a battle. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do it. I don't want to. I don't have to. 
and then you just got you just got to turn the dial. That's all uh, you got to do. You just turn the dial. There's scientifically proven health yeah, benefits. I think so there is. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. so good for you. Like even Pittsburgh, the recovery thing after every practice is like hydrotherapy. So it's like two minutes cold, two minutes hot, depending on cold, in a tub. That's where well, that is well. worse than a shower. <laughs> you think a shower's bad? Go in a freezing cold tub for two minutes. And then go in a hot tub. Just make jump out. Like, all, yeah, like, like two tubs back, back in the oh, wow. And then make yourself warm. And you feel good. And you're like, oh, I'm in a hot tub. Then jump right back in the cold <laughs> tub again. And then end on cold. <laughs> you think If you think one minute of cold shower is bad. Well. Oh, Vix, this was a great chat. Thanks for doing this. Might have to be a recurring guest type thing, but uh, always appreciate you taking the time to join us. And uh, I see you got the Crocs on. Is that kind of... They're not in sport mode right now, though. No, they're not in sport mode. Casual <laughs> mode. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put them in sport mode and race yeah. on here, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we raced on a railway uh, a couple days ago. I raced Kanger to my car. <laughs> put them in sport mode. Dusted them. them, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not even close. <laughs> yeah. If you ain't crocking, you ain't rocking. Owen Pickering, <laughs> joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast. Thanks, Pix. Thank you. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Wrapping up another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. And coming up this weekend, next home game will be Saturday night. Lethbridge Hurricanes are in town. And uh, sounds like we're doing a little something-something with Tim Hortons for that uh, Saturday night affair here in Swifty. It is going to be Tim Hortons night to have some Timbits hockey in the first intermission. First 100 fans in the building will receive uh, $2 Tim cards for a free coffee. Uh, first period, there's going to be a Tim Hortons prize pack given away to somebody in the building. Uh, which has that limited edition uh, Tim Beebs tote bag, $25 Gims card, uh, Tim's card, and some other Tim Hortons merchandise. And uh, somebody will be able to uh, compete for coffee for a year during an on-ice uh, promotion in the second intermission as well. So um, chance to, to win coffee for, for a whole year if you come to the rink on Saturday and cheer on the Broncos as they face off against Lethbridge. First of seven meetings between the Broncos and Hurricanes here in uh, this 2022-23 uh, season. Coffee for a year in these challenging financial times, that's money in the pockets that of a helps. lot of people. That helps. Hey, go grab there, grab a, a large one-and-one uh, one every single day. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, so Tim Horton's night this Saturday night when the Lethbridge Hurricanes are in town. Awesome chat with Owen Pickering this week. We uh, thank him for his time on the Broncos This Week podcast. And uh, Devin Pratt joining us as well to discuss all things in Bronco Nation. Next home action, Saturday night, Tim Horton's night. The Lethbridge Hurricanes are in town. That'll do it. Oh, third jerseys as well. Mm. Got to yeah. plug that. Have to. They look so good on the ice. Guys love wearing them, so the Broncos are busting those out again for uh, for Saturday night. Full-time look. Let's get a white <laughs> version for it. Hot take saying that now. But anyway, third Jersey night, Lethbridge Hurricanes, Tim Hortons, chance to win free coffee for a year. We'll see you at the rink Saturday night, and thank you very much for downloading and listening to the old Broncos This Week podcast. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.